you know, a lot of you are probably expecting low quality, low environment, low res Corey today. <laughs> Wednesdays are usually like that, right? Just when you think I'm going to zig, I zag. Just when you think you have the answer, Rowdy Roddy Piper, I change the question. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, Chris. Of course, this is the Southside Beat streaming live 3 to 3.30 Eastern. Monday through Friday on DK Pittsburgh Sports on YouTube. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen, live from downtown, 224 Fifth Ave, downtown <laughs> at the shop, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, I am in the DK seat, as you will see in about an hour uh, for the Ramon Foster show. What's up, Chris? What's up, man? Uh, we we usually have to deal with low quality, Corey, on days like this, but now we're dealing with not just high quality, but HD quality, Corey, mm-hmm. 1080p, Corey um it's good man it's uh it's good uh bye weeks are fun because uh you get a little bit first off the coordinators are different days that's not normal like during you know usually they're not just going same day but same time mm-hmm. uh during the season uh but then bye weeks we get different days so yesterday we talked a bit about what uh tara lawson said we you know hit on why joey porter jr should be starting and tara lawson said nope not yet it's not his time yet and matt canada Coming in, giving us something to talk about on hump day. He always does, doesn't he? It seems like every, usually Thursday, today it was Wednesday, uh, the team is taken off. You know, a bye week is a bye week. The players are gone. Well, B-Phil is setting us up. Like, Let's well, get it out of the way. Ba- okay? Basketball reference, man. He's giving you the alley-oop, Corey. Let's, get, home. Let, let's get it over with, okay? Yes, the fans at PPG Paints Arena at the hockey game chanted for the football offensive coordinator to be fired. Not now, the country. I don't think there's many Canadians on the Penguins. I think it's only about three. Uh, DK would have a better idea of that information than me. But there's the captain more... is definitely Canadian. Yes, but there's more on uh, the Chicago side, certainly. So I'm imagining that those Canadian hockey players were very confused as to why the hockey fans were chanting Fire Canada at the hockey game. Look, you could be on whatever side of the fence you want to be on. I appreciate fan passion. I understand this city and it's thirst for winning and it's thirst for good football always, no matter the yeah. circumstance. Yeah. But I mean, come on, that's just a little over the top for me. Yeah. Uh, that's bad. saying the water, the pens are going to be bad. You only have three Canadians. <laughs> you can bring uh, that up to DK in about an I'll hour. Let, we'll I'll let DK and, and Taylor handle, handle the, the, the penguins analysis. Uh, but yeah, l- like, listen, uh, yeah, fans are going to, fans are going to be fans and it honestly does not surprise me, you know, and this is, you know, DK's hit on this, uh, you know, a couple of times in the Ramon Foster show and even in this columns, like, you know, Pittsburgh is, 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 is just, it's built different, you know, uh, mm-hmm. they, they, and the Steelers are as important to, uh, to a city, I think as any other team in the nfl like maybe even any other team in sports and that's kind of pushing it because it depends you, yeah 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 because every, every city really does have a, a a unique tie to certain teams but when it comes to pittsburgh the steelers are one i mean it, it's it's just it's just that way you know there's a lot of history there and not just not just the history of winning super bowls it's just history that goes beyond my lifetime um but Knowing that, knowing how important the Steelers are, and knowing just this this rut that this franchise has been in for more than a decade now, you know, anger is coming out, <laughs> frustration right. is coming out, and, and rightfully to. so. And yeah. It's allowed to. It's allowed to. Yeah. But 
man, I, I can imagine the confusion from the players that just don't know and the staff and the Penguin staff that just don't know. Mike yeah. Sullivan might be a little bit different, of course, um, but it's got to be tough to hear that in your building. And you're like, what is going on? It's our home opener. We're winning against Chicago, you know, Bedard, yeah. Crosby, all of this stuff. Look, yeah. here's Eric, Eric Carlson. Carlson. Eric Carlson yeah, got, got right a phenomenal here. reception. Yeah. Oh, man, that's got to yeah. be tough. Uh, yeah. The the real Matt Canada, who has not been fired and remains the Steelers' offensive coordinator, uh, did chat today on the south side, as is the customary every week. It was on Wednesday instead of Thursday, though. And, Chris, the thing that I, I guess overall you can draw from what he actually said was that it's an affirmation to what Kenny Pickett said yesterday, is that mm -hmm. everything's on the table to discuss. Everything's on the table to try to correct. However, Chris, I'm wondering out loud, and I would love the input of the Asylum, of course, live on YouTube as we do this. Could there be anything that changes personnel-wise for the Steelers' offense? Like, we talk so much about defensive personnel, right? Mm -hmm. Like Keanu Benton, Joey Porter, who's wearing the green dotted inside linebacker, how's Minka used, all that other, other kind of stuff on the defense. Yep. But when it comes to the offense, we really don't talk about personnel. Like, is there a change other than Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth coming back from an injury that could result to more success for Matt Canada in the Steelers' offense that is aside from Canada drawing up and calling better plays? Yeah, no, there's definitely things that you can do. I will say, though, to, to play devil's advocate, or not even to play devil's advocate, but, but to really kind of defend what the Steelers have had to deal with for the first five weeks is their personnel choices are are like they've had to be limited a bit because of those injuries. You can't run the same offense that you want to run when Deontay Johnson is out. You especially can't run the same offense that you want to run when Pat Fryermuth is out. Pat Fryermuth is a now granted he wasn't being utilized nearly enough um, whenever he was healthy before he got hurt, but Pat Fryermuth to Darnell Washington is a serious drop off in terms of understanding how to run routes in the NFL. Uh, blocking wise, Darnell Washington's already better. That's not a that's not a debate. But in terms of the passing game and trying to get things moving through the air, Pat Fryermuth is a is light years ahead of Darnell Washington in in that regard. And so that does limit, especially in the passing game, what you can do with with your with your personnel. Um, obviously, you can do different things out of different sets, different formations to become less predictable, run more out of the shotgun, throw more from under center, you know, do, do different things. I'm not saying run exclusively out of the shotgun. I'm not saying pass exclusively from under center, sure. but do different things to mix it up, to not be as predictable. Like I said, a really good example of it was actually a play that didn't work was, I think it was like second and four or something like that. They, they bring motion, they bring motion over. It's Calvin Austin coming over. They fake the jet sweep. They hand it off to Najee up the middle. It's out of the gun. You're bringing motion. You're trying to manipulate the defense to bite on something. You're doing something pre-snap to try to get the defense to make a last minute, last second decision to be like, oh, well, maybe they are going to run the jet sweep. And no, oh, it's actually handoff up the middle. And just sometimes that one little freeze for a linebacker on the second level is enough to create a crease up the middle where Najee can get enough for a first down. It's plays like that that need to come more often. So it's not necessarily just about personnel. It's also how you utilize that personnel to become less predictable in, your, in calling your plays. 
And that's another thing that Canada alluded to today was it's not just personnel. It's also looking at what's working, what's not working, and yeah, how can they tweak it? Sure. And how can they tweak it so players are put into positions where they can utilize their strengths, right? You don't want Darnell Washington to go out for a go route. You don't want George Pickens to have to play tight end or inline or anything like that. Yeah. Like there's certain limitations to what each player can and can't do. Yeah. Like Darnell Washington, for example, okay, there's a lot of discourse about is he is he running routes appropriately? Why isn't he getting targeted? What is he doing in the passing game? And they're happy with what Darnell's been able to do in the passing game. Yeah. It's yeah. just he hasn't been able to get the ball because mm-hmm. he's read number three, read number four for Kenny Pickett in a land where Kenny's only getting to read number one or read number two. So mm-hmm. that opportunity, that look, Darnell's not going to be the primary receiver to uh, on, on, on those plays. Hodge mentions Connor Hayward using the passing game more. Yeah. I think there's some truth to that as well. And not just Connor Hayward being the, the prototypical fullback, you know, the jet sweep fullback or anything yeah. like that. Using Connor Hayward and mixing him up more. There needs to be more mixing up and less of, you know, draw up more and draw up these different concepts. Because quite frankly, it, every NFL offensive coordinator has a deep playbook. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of situations that they're called in and what personnel are being used in those situations. Yeah. The full playbook is not, is not there week one. It, it's just, it's just not, uh, you obviously have a, a wide set of plays that you go into the season with, but the offense evolves as the, as the season progresses. Uh, it just, that's just the way it works. Um, one thing that I also did like to see from the Ravens game is that they did have packages where both Jalen Warren and Najee Harris were on the field at the same time. Now they never actually ran. I don't think they ever ran like a jet sweep. No, they might have once with Jalen. I can't remember specifically if if, if anyway. one of those was a jet sweep. But even then, like I remember went for a loss of two. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying, like, like you know, you have that out there, and with with Jalen Warren continuing to assert himself with the way that he runs and the style in which he runs, that really is giving defenses like okay. If they hand it off to either one, it's it's two completely different running styles. Well, not completely, but two different running styles between Najee and between Jalen, where you're 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 making the defense have to think about multiple things before the snap. Again, it's doing different things like that to try to manipulate the defense. And sometimes, even if it's just a decoy or whatever it is, it's little things like that that I want to see more of. And I liked more of what we saw in the Ravens game, even though a lot of it didn't actually work. It looked like the the commitment to doing more and different things was there. It just needed to be executed way earlier in the game than it was. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more consistently as well. Uh, the, the chat has finally picked up that I am in the office downtown. <laughs> I am here at HQ, DK Pittsburgh Sports. And if you look over my left shoulder, there's Dolly. Uh, she's working though. There is, there it is. She's waving. Wait, let me get out of the way. Let me get out of the way here. There's Dolly. She says hello. She's giving waves. She's giving thumbs up. She has headphones in. She's chiming in. She is currently uh, restocking because the store was overflowed on mm. Sunday with Steelers fans. Yesterday with Penguins fans. So the overflow is being uh, restocked. Yes, Swan. I'm keeping the chair warm uh, for at least 30 minutes for DK. He has not popped in quite yet. So. Um, I'm assuming we will see him closer to the end of the show, if not uh, right after the show wraps up. Um, You know, let's talk about the running back usage too, Chris, because like we talked so much about Najee and Jalen and who does what and how does it work. But I think that along with Canada 
not redesigning. I think that's a poor word for it, but reworking how his offense is going to work. Mm-hmm. Like there has to come production from the run game, regardless of who touches the ball. The rushing offense is 30th in the NFL. The offense has scored five touchdowns in five games. I'll repeat the offense has scored five touchdowns in five games. It's not enough. That's no good. Nowhere. However, zero of those are from the ground game. And this yeah. is supposedly a team that is run identity. That is, you know, pound you into the dirt. That is just going to give the ball to the running backs and let them literally pun intended, carry the load. Yeah. We haven't seen much of that at all. As far as production is concerned from Najee and Jalen. Now, part of that is because the offensive line play hasn't been good. And another mm-hmm. part of that is because the Steelers have been down so much and have had to throw the ball so much, but mm-hmm. how does the run game get going? Like in a, in a scheme sense, you know, do they continue to go to what they're doing right now, or do they try to change it up from the zone or from from whatever it needs to be kind of scheme? Well, I don't think you necessarily need to completely alter. Again, it's that whole flapping in the wind thing. The Steelers just don't do it, and I think they do it for for a good reason because, um, like last year, they didn't reinvent the wheel when it came to how they ran the football between the first half of the season and the second half of the season. They just spent a lot of extra time on what plays do you guys block best on and what plays do you run best on Nodge and what plays do you run best on Jayla? Like it was, it was, and it was figuring out a way to sequence those plays, the right downs to call them, depending on who you're playing and what kind of a defense they run out of. Um, are they better against zone? Are they better against gap? You know, whatever it is. Um, it, it, the bye week gave them an opportunity to really, really go back and reflect and then apply those cha- those changes that needed to be made. And it worked because they were way better in the second half of the season on the ground. Now, I'm not saying the same thing is going to happen this time around, but there needs to be drastic improvement. And I don't think, again, I don't think they need to reinvent the wheel, but they do need to get a little bit better in terms of just pure execution. But then also at the same time, again, it comes down to being less predictable. If it's first and 10, don't just show the defense, hey, we're going to run the ball. Just be ready for it. We're going to run the ball. You know, if you're going to run on first down, like, okay, well, okay, that's not completely uncommon, but find different ways to try to manipulate the defense so that you can try to execute a little bit better. And this is part of it, too, with the predictability that we talked about with formation and with personnel. If Kenny's under under center, they're running it. If he's in yeah. shotgun, they're throwing it. If Darnell Washington's on the field, they're running it. If Pat Fryermuth's on the field, they're throwing it. And by the way, getting Deontay back, getting Pat Fryermuth back, yeah, and getting Anthony McFarland back is another yeah. one. Now, Anthony McFarland's not going to be, you know, he's not going to become Nick Chubb, but having him as another wrinkle to what the Steelers could do on offense. Oh, and yeah, that's a completely different style them, runner. Yeah, is is going to help them. And uh, you know, I'm seeing, you know, they he, that Matt Canada needs to diversify the playbook. You know, Broderick Jones needs to play. I think that's going to happen. I think this last game told us that Broderick Jones should be playing. And, yeah. you know, Matt Canada liked what he saw. Pat Meyer liked what he saw from Broderick Jones. We, we spoke to Pat Meyer a little bit as well. And um, I, I think that as long as Matt Canada is willing to take some of those ideas and apply them in a productive sense, meaning – you know, he's going to go away from the norm. He's going to go away from what might be predictable and what some of these teams are sniffing out. If you remember the bye week last year, the Steelers were two and six. They were on a road to nowhere. This, Mm. this, this actually felt this right now kind of feels worse, even though they're three and two, 
going into this bye, and they were able to find ways to get it going. They finished seven and two. And part of that does come with offensive line has to play better. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett has to play better. You know, the running backs have to do a little bit better. Najee, I think, is a little bit of an exception because he's getting hit early and he's getting out of them in some ways. Yeah. The receivers room needs Deontay Johnson back. Like, there's there's reasons for optimism with this offense, mm-hmm. but I do think the ceiling is only capped by the coordinator. I think the coordinator just puts a cap on what this capability actually could be. Yeah, and listen, I, I really am not trying to, and I, I hit on this yesterday, and I really want to reiterate it. I don't think that this is like, like he's the savior of the offense or anything like that. But Deontay coming back is going to be a huge boost in a lot of ways. Remember, in that first game against the 49ers, how many throws did Pickett miss where Deontay was not just open, but wide open? I mean, the one on the third down on the deep post, if he hits Deontay in stride on that, that's a huge gain, possibly even a touchdown. He definitely had the slam dunk touchdown, which he threw behind him. Deontay gets open. And Deontay's just his presence there will make defense. And Matt Canada pointed this out, rightfully so, during his press conference, pointed out that teams can't double George the way that uh, George Pickens, the way that they are doubling him now. The Raiders straight up multiple times doubled George Pickens in cover one. Now, basic football 101 here. Cover one means you have one safety high covering the entire third level of the defense by himself, the entire width of the field by himself. So that's a lot of ground to cover, and they were shading that one safety over to pick inside very, very heavily, which means the other the receivers on the other side of the field, there's no safety help over the top. You can't do that when Deontay Johnson's on the field. You just can't. That safety then has to play in the middle of the field. That gives George better opportunities to win one-on-one coverage. That gives Deontay more opportunities to win one-on-one coverage because he just is good at beating one-on-one. Deontay's presence will have an impact in the passing game. Um, it's just, again, can Kenny execute the throws? And how does Matt Canada draw those up so that they don't become predictable? The schedule after the bye does lighten up. And that's not to say the Steelers played the 49ers five weeks in a row to start no, the season. They, I mean, the Raiders and Texans were two very winnable games. They won one of them mm-hmm. and then, you know, crapped the bet in the other one. I think right now we're learning that the Texans are better than advertised, though. But then they just lost to Atlanta. Like, right. I'm not saying Atlanta's like like a pushover or anything like that, but I, I, I chose the Texans to win that game. Like, I thought, I think the Texans are a better football team than Atlanta is. I understand B. B. John Robinson is a, is a beast, mm-hmm. but. I'm sorry, there's not enough from Atlanta that I see where they're a formidable opponent. Houston should have won that game. So the Steelers after the bye, they're at L.A. Mm -hmm. They're home against Jacksonville. They're home against the Titans. That, I believe, is a Thursday nighter. Um, They're home against the Packers. Three home games in a row. Three home games in a row right after the bye, and then a road trip to Cleveland to take on the Browns so they don't have to go far for their first road trip out of the bye and for the second road trip out of the bye at Cincinnati. Yep. Their longest road trip to close the season is Seattle. And that is December 21st. Yeah. So travel's not going to become much of an issue and not that it usually is, but you know, it helps that there's going to be some familiar opponents. Of course you start off two and zero in the AFC North. There's two mm-hmm. games against the Bengals remaining and um, they're not going to have to go very far. And like you said, those three home games coming up, 
right after the Rams game, that's going to bode favorable for them. Now, that's going to obviously open up more road games towards the end of the year. But as of right now, there's good opportunity for the Steelers here. You know, the Rams right now, they're, they're a team, and we, we're going to talk more about, obviously, L.A., you know, next week as we get closer to game time. L.A. is kind of an up-and-down team right now. They're just getting Cooper Cup back. They're finding out that Kyron Williams is a good running back. Finally, they should have done that last year. Um, Jacksonville's kind of up and down. The Titans are whatever. The Packers, Jordan Love, I'm um, good on that. And then at Cleveland, I mean, they don't even know who their starting quarterback is right now. So, yeah. Like they're facing a schedule that should be lighter and more favorable. And I think there's good opportunity here against these defenses, maybe with the exception of the Rams. Like I think in this next stretch, the Rams defense is the hardest one they're going to face. Yeah. Uh, Mike B 21 uh, says, I just want Kenny to alert routes more in the future. So I can see Matt Canada's mind explode again. Um, now remember, and we'll, we'll continue to clarify this, that, that alert route was a built-in check into the a built-in check to the play. The haters was, don't want to hear it. They Chris. don't they don't want to hear it, but I'm going to keep saying it. Like I am far from a Matt Canada apologist. Far from it. I've been very critical of the man the, during the, the the lifetime of this show. But that was a built-in check to the play. Kenny said it, Matt Canada said it. I mean it was a built-in check to the play, said they worked on it during the week in practice. That is something that's built in when they saw a zero blitz or they saw cover zero to check the, the protection and alert the route. It's there. It's just, it's, it's part of it. It's just, it's over and done with. Randy says uh, he's just check, check again, trying to catch up on the show. Well, Randy, here's the thing about that. I'll do it every time that this happens. Not only can you rewind the show at any given time, <laughs> and you can watch this show on playback on youtube.com slash DK Pittsburgh Sports Steelers at any time, but you can also find the show on playback later where podcasts are found in audio only. And it's available on the website, DKPittsburghSports.com. So if you show up late to the live stream, you know, we're 22 minutes in. If you show up late to the live stream, we're there on demand at any time. That's the beautiful thing uh, about this. And uh, Evan says he did not hear the fire chance. Uh, well, during the there. hockey game <laughs> when there. did that happen <laughs> they're there all you have to do is go on social media somewhere and i think wow. you're pretty much uh gonna find it including on our very own yeah, uh, think, dk pittsburgh sports steelers feed I, I think i think dk uh definitely had that yeah it was in the steelers feed for sure dk put it in, in there last night because he was there covering the game uh so yeah it's uh it's interesting, but yeah, like in terms of what, like the, the, again, to go back to the actual changes that can be made them getting healthy. And, and really like when you hear all the players and, and even Mike Tomlin kind of say that this bye week is a great opportunity for them to get healthy. That really is a huge, huge thing, regardless of any schematic changes or concept changes or play sequences or whatever else needs to change, getting healthy and getting the guys that you need on the field is, is going to, is going it, to, it's going to help. Um, to, just to think about it, I, not that I think that, you know. Looking back in 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 hindsight here, that the Steelers were going to beat the 49ers. I went in you know with a lot of optimism and was quickly shot down. But you know, if Kenny executes some throws in that game, that's a much closer game than 30 to seven. It just is. I mean, uh, I like the the Deontay drop or not drop, but the the, the throw behind Deontay. That ended up being a touchdown anyway. That was the two-minute drill where, you know, Kenny ended up hitting Pat. But, you know, I, I bring up the, the the deep post that was missed. Like, does that turn into even a field goal? There were other throws that would have extended drives, and God knows what happens in terms of momentum and different things like that in terms of offensive rhythm and everything that goes along with that stuff. 
just one play can alter the course of a game. And so if, if, if Kenny executes those, those throws, because that's the one time we've actually seen Deontay on the field, like who knows what the offense looks like at that point. Do they score 17 points against the 49ers defense? That looks like completely unstoppable right now, by the way. I think 17 points against that defense is actually a pretty good thing. Well, well here's a comment from Mike who's right. If the Ravens catch, uh, it's very maybe, true. Not even all seven. Let's this say is not, three of the seven. This, this is not a loss. three and two football team. They're three oh, and they're not. very fortunately fortunate to be three and two. This team is not good enough to be three and two. They're not minus right 31 in a point differential. Like they're not good enough to be three and two. Jerry asked, anyone think Matt Canada needs a vacation? Jerry, at, everybody at the, needs one. At air of defending Matt Canada, everybody needs a vacation, always at any given time. Chris needs it. I need it. You need it. Dolly <laughs> needs it. DK needs it. We all need it. Everybody that is watching and listening right now, uh, to my words, needs a vacation, no matter what. Um, final few moments of the show here, Chris. Do you want to jump into final thoughts? Yeah. Um, listen, you know, I, I, I just want to con continue to really, really harp there on on getting healthy should help this team like quite a bit. Um, now they have a long way to go. Uh, they're not anywhere near where like good enough to be like right now. They're the three seed in the AFC, and that's just mind blowing because when you watch this team, it's not good enough. Uh, it's just not. Now I think the defense. I think for the most part, uh, that was obviously a, a stinker in Houston. Um, but and for, against the 49ers, well, for the yes, but I, I almost want to write off that 49ers game because the 49ers are playing in their own league right now. I think you can, I think uh, you're right. I mean, the 49ers are just they're they're if I could go back and change my Super Bowl pick, I, I have the 49ers going to the Super Bowl like on my on my preseason pick, and then I have the Chiefs beating them. I would be picking the 49ers right now. The 49ers look unstoppable. I actually so, don't remember who I put on my Super Bowl. Um, pick. <laughs> But uh, outside of that, though, the defense, like, yeah, it was a stinker in Houston, but they were great against the Browns. Yes, Nick Chubb was running all over the place, and yes, his injury did alter the course of that game. Still took the ball away, still scored two touchdowns. The defense was great. They were good against the Raiders. They absolutely clamped down on the Ravens in the fourth quarter. When it mattered, when they needed it, that's huge. And when this defense starts getting into that mode where – fourth quarter time and they're making plays that's when you know this defense is starting to hit a different stride and tj watt is on pace for 27 sacks Whew. they they can still they can still figure their figure their way out and become a better football team over the course of a season i'm really curious to see what how this buy how, how they come out of this buy like that that's something that i'm really really curious of something i'm really going to be paying attention to what changes are actually made um is it just better execution like it, it's just that is that what it boils down to they just magically start executing better like and at least into our eyes start mag magically executing better so that's um, the hope isn't it yeah that's the hope that's how far you can only take it and yes i think we can kind of write off the 49ers game by this point like that they, team is just they are, unbelievable they're in their own in their own league right now it's the 49ers and everybody else now it really is they they uh, just uh, they spanked the cowboys and the Cowboys aren't a bad football team. Yep. But they they just slaughtered them. Yep. Uh, Randy, we appreciate you. He says, Southside Beat absolutely rules with the appreciate intel. It, We're Randy. so glad that the show is part of DK Pittsburgh Sports. If we'd be competitors, we'd be dangerous. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate the compliment there. Jerry asks, is DK home? If you mean in the literal sense, I believe he is. 
he is not in this home and not in this building as of right now. Um, you'll see him pop, you know, over that shoulder is where the door is. So if he pops in anytime soon before we log off, you know, that's he'll be coming in over here. So yeah. this is this is where you'll want to keep the eye on is is that tunnel right over there. And uh, maybe he'll pop into the frame as well. You never know. Um, I, I guess I'll give a final thought for today, too. Here, here's here one for your final thought, too. You can echo what I said yesterday. Mm. So What's you have the- your first coffee of the day. with the, If you're having your first coffee at 3 p.m., something else. Now, 3 Eastern, of course. 3 Eastern, of course. Good for you, man. I had my first coffee at, like, 8. I was up and at it today. Uh, even though Matt Canner didn't talk till till noon. How, how appropriately timed was it today? That Matt Canada meets with the media at noon and then uh, Pitt schedules their availability to start at 1130 where the new starting quarterback was scheduled to talk. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, OK, there's no way I'm catching this quarterback. So I go over to Pitt anyway. Don't get the new quarterback. Leave. Go get Matt Canada and uh, the Steelers offensive assistance. And then I, I go back into the, you know, Chris, the media room where you the work room. And oh, so oh, we got- 8 a.m. for you, Pete. OK, so that's valid. That's yeah. valid. We like a morning show. We love doing morning shows, too. Um, but and then I find out that the, the pit quarterback had not talked yet. So I missed it. Oops. Uh, we live and we learn and we move on. So but uh, today, if, if those uh, for those that are interested uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern, it will be H2P podcast time with myself and Gary Morgan. Uh, of course, talking about Christian Veyer, he cleared the air. It's Veyer, not Veyu, and that was a big, big one to get. <laughs> uh, what was the pronunciation of the quarterback for the 30th time? I think we've tried to clarify that, but uh, Christian Veyer talked. We'll be talking about the move to that away from Phil Jakovic. And uh, don't forget, as Turk says, we're available on replay. Where podcasts are found, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and of course, right here on uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports on YouTube. Uh hey. Listen, Demond, and this is in reference to emojis. This is in reference to merch. This is in reference to anything. The best way that we can get this kind of stuff is to hit the like button, hit that subscribe button, share it, tell everybody about the Southside Beat because the more this show grows, the better. The the the, the again, it's a supply and demand thing. More and more people watch the show, we're gonna do more and more to get you guys stuff for sure. Uh, this, I mean, the show is how old now we're on episode 32 right now. This is still a very, very young show. So we're, uh, we're in the process of building it up and, uh, the best way to get us, get us some stuff, get, get you guys some merch. Uh, best way to do that is just keep liking, keep subscribing, keep watching, keep listening. Everybody who, who listens, watches, we love every single one of you. We really appreciate it. So no happenings on the South side tomorrow or Friday. So we will be very much flying from the seat of our pants for these two shows. True which, vacation. Which means, which means <laughs> this makes it more of your show. If you would like to chime in. Uh, Heck yeah. That's the plan for right now is, is we're still doing shows Wednesday or Thursday and Friday. Rather, if anything changes, we'll get the word out. Um, you know, again, please like this, please share it, please subscribe. It goes a very long way. As Chris mentioned, And uh, DK and Ramon will be coming up in about 30 minutes or so. But for now, he's Chris. I'm Corey. This has, of course, been the Southside Beat. Cheers, everybody. We'll talk soon.